Hi, this is Ralph Shapers of Primal Fear. This is Stacy Savage of Savage Master. Hey, this is David Rivera from Ex Mortis. Hi, this is Ida from Trisphere. This is Mike from Devil Driver, and you're listening to The Great Metal Debate. Welcome back, metal fans. The Great Metal Debate podcast returns with another exciting metal artist interview. Today we've got Jason Kaiser, vocalist for Technical Death Metalers Origin, back on the interview mic. Jason, thank you for taking the time to join us on the Great Metal Debate podcast. Thank you for having me back. It's always good to engage in spirited debate, I guess. I remember last time it wasn't much of a debate as it was just questions, but let's see if maybe this time we'll get into some fierce arguments about things. I don't know how fierce it is, but hopefully we'll pique your interest, man. Well, this time we're in Nashville, Tennessee, where Origin uh, will later this evening be taking the stage at the historic Exit Inn, part of the North American Tour in support of Belfagor. This is one of the final few shows of this tour run. How have been the last few weeks been? Uh, I mean, it's been uh, surprisingly killer, considering. I mean, it's a very diverse and eclectic lineup. Uh, every band is com- brings a completely different style to the table, but just the same. I mean, it brings fans from every corner, from all four corners, apparently. And uh, so, I mean, every night, I'm sure every band, every uh, every band's fan finds something new and something else. Like I get people. You know, and full-on corpse paint coming up to me every night being like, I've never heard of your band before, but Jesus Christ, now I have. Which, you know, they usually wouldn't come out to a gig that was just all brutal death metal bands, you know. So it's that, as far as happened, it's been great. Killer shows, killer turnouts, you know, I can't complain for a second. And there's been a mix, I'm guessing, of some established Origin fans, folks who already know you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we have our own crowd of, you know, I mean, Origin's always had a... I don't know if it's an advantage or a disadvantage of being a little bit mired in the uh, eternal underground, like the the highest you can go of the underground before you get to be, you know, I don't know. I I don't know if I'm making comparisons, but maybe say a dying fetus or something, like somebody that's established and can go anywhere and bring people, you know what I mean? But we're kind of live, we've always kind of lived in like the late 90s, early 2000s, underground tour dog, like rabid fans in every city, but... As far as, like, a wider spectrum, like, we're not on any, we're never going to be on the cover of Decibel or whatever, you know, so and we're cool with that. Might even be fair to say that your fans are probably cool with that. They may like you in that role. Yeah, I would think so, too. And, I mean, we're, you know, fortunate enough that that puts us in a position where nobody tells us what to do, like, nobody dictates our style, we can just do what we want, and our people usually dig it, and, you know, with shows. And I think even since I've joined the band about six years ago, there's been even since then. There's been like a, a good increase of uh, of that kind of fan base, and I'm stoked. So, well, my co-host Brian interviewed you two years ago prior to a show in Louisville, Kentucky, only a few months after the release of uh, your most recent album, Omnipresent. Given that time that's passed, two whole years, how do you look back on that album? Uh, I mean, I know. When that album came out, it was a, a shock to the system of the same kind of fans we were just talking about. I think for a lot of them, were like confused that we weren't doing the exact same style that we had done before. But in all honesty, if you ask me, like none of the albums have been the exact same style, except for maybe the very earliest. But uh, it's been a slow burn for a lot of people because most of those same people have come back to me by this point, the people that were like, ah, I, don't, I don't understand, it's not origin style, I don't dig it, but have come back to me being like, I have to apologize, didn't give it really a lot of time to think about it, but like, it's more of a listening album than a, you know, just put it on, blast for a second, turn it off, and you're fine, you've got a, you know, a whole thing, slow burn type deal, and like, I love the CD, I have no regrets on it, and uh, it takes a while to sink in, maybe. Yeah, that's basically what I mean, and I've 
heard that dozens of times from or from you know people all over the country of they'd love it in Europe. Europe, I've never had a complaint, but in the states, people it was a little bit more of a tough sell. But like I said, and I see reviews. Like I ego surf myself on the internet a lot. We all do, but I see reviews and people doing reviews years later, being like a throwback review of this album I gave fucking this many stars back then. Up in that shit now, you know. So I have no complaints, but. At the same time, for the next one, I think we're going back to a more, you know, purely primitive, blasty formula. Because this was more of a peaks and valleys. Like, it was more of a, you know, pull you in, let you go, pull you in. Gentle seductions. But the next one, I think, will just be a pure auditory... I don't want to say rape these days, but... (laughs) An auditory coercion, I guess. (laughs) Now, have you guys had the opportunity to play all the songs off Omnipresent Live? Uh, There's actually two or three that we never have. Some of them don't work so well live, just in their structures, but uh, I know we've done All Things Dead, Thrall, uh, uh, Absurdity of What I Am, we've done uh, uh, Unattainable Zero, definitely, and Redistribution of Phil, so that's like more than half of them, but there's a couple of that six-minute, seven-minute songs that wouldn't really work in a live setting. We take pride in honing our our live sets to like razor sharp perfection of this part will make them do make people do this this part will make people headbang this part people will just enjoy you know so and some of them you know just wouldn't work in a live setting and that's not to say they're bad songs it's just you know you got to be conscious of that kind of stuff sure it just doesn't fit with the set list uh, how long are you guys playing what's your set length on this tour on this tour it's been about 45 minutes and that's usually we usually do 45 minutes to an hour on any tour you know so and do you guys keep the set list pretty much the same, or do you end up mixing it up at times? We always try to change it up some. I mean, there's definitely songs that come in and out of the mix. There's songs that I'm so sick of playing because we have played them every set for the past six years. But, yeah, even today, this time, there's some we've tossed and two new ones, like one actual brand-new song and uh, one that we haven't played live since I've been in the band. So we just keep it mixed. We, and we always intend to do that. You know, I get bored just the same, you know, if, the crowd's bored with the set. You're, you know, it's the worst. You mentioned the other bands on the tour, and early in this tour, another band, Sweden Shining, which was part of the package, not here tonight. There was some banter with those guys, perhaps aimed at origin. Was that just good-natured ribbing of tour mates, or was there something more to that? I mean, let me. Just, I'll just say, cocaine's a hell of a drug, man, and uh, it wasn't necess- It wasn't good-natured at the time. And, you know, not to talk so much smack, but, you know, they back paddled and then we were happy. But it was just, I mean, it was, uh, it wasn't a conscious, it wasn't a conscious, uh, shit talking. It was a, it was a drug induced shit talking that was regretted later and damage was done. Internet's written in pen, not pencil. So, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. Stuff just happens on tour sometimes. Yeah, and nobody understood because we hadn't, didn't have any problem with those dudes. And, like, we woke up, I, I assume you're referring to when they, on their page, blasted us and, like, talked a whole bunch of shit and said, we do not support them or blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I think maybe the main dude just got out of his mind one night and shit happened. And next day he... He, I mean, not for nothing, he regretted it the next day and was a total bro the rest of the tour, but that was a weird incident. <laughs> Thinking about kind of weird things that happen on the road, maybe a little more serious, you guys spend a lot of time on the road. I, I wonder how much Origin thinks about the issue of security, especially in light of, uh, like, last year's shooting in Paris and other more recent tragic events. Do you all think about that? I mean, those are, I mean, those are definitely, like, the biggest possible bum-outs. 
when the Paris thing happened, I was singing for Psychroptic. We were playing a show in Florida and like heard about it earlier that day. And I mean, I guess you don't necessarily think about it until it gets thrown in your face like that. Cause I, I mean, we weren't like scared for our safety, but we were, it just bummed everybody the fuck out, obviously. And, uh, I mean, maybe more so in Europe, but I don't, you know, this kind of music in this level of music, you know, if you're bringing 350 people a night, you don't really have to worry about that. I would like to think, but there's always exceptions. And I don't know. It's, I don't, uh, that's a bigger question than I can really answer. It's not, it doesn't sound like it's something that's on your minds constantly, but on occasion when it comes up, you think about it. Yeah. I mean, it's, we're not hiring security guards or not, at, you know, having the security pat people down at the door or anything, but. Because, I mean, for one, this is an aggressive music to begin with, so not to say that it invites that kind of thing, but I think it doesn't invite somebody that would think that, ah, it's so hard to, <laughs> it wouldn't invite somebody that doesn't expect people to expect that, in a way. You're you know? coming here for some controlled violence. Right, exactly. So if you wanted to make an impact... I imagine you would go to somewhere nice where people would be impacted. This would just, I mean, and not for nothing, I feel like if at these kind of shows, if somebody started some shit and it was able to be premeditated, like if somebody noticed and was able to do something, this is the kind of show where people would act and not just be afraid, you know? In a way, I would like to think, but Jesus Christ, those are some some spicy spicy questions you're giving me. I don't know. I don't... Well, on a more positive note, what do you guys do for fun on the road and to kill those hours between gigs? Oh my god, we are so the least fun band you would ever meet in between gi- in between gigs. We sleep, is sleep's a lot of fun and we drink, but we don't do fuck we don't do fuck all for fun. Uh, if we're in the states, there's nothing to do. We don't go sightseeing. Like we'll be driving towards the Grand Canyon, and and me or maybe John will be like, hey, let, maybe we can go to the Grand Canyon, and nobody, everybody's like, nah, fuck it. <laughs> Haven't seen it, but whatever, you know. So yeah, the answer to that question is we don't do shit. We just suffer until the next show, and then suffer at that show, and then suffer till the next show. More about enduring than experiencing. Exactly. Yeah, it's a better way to put it. We totally just endure the road rather than revel in it. Well, you alluded to some new material. So after this North American tour is complete, uh, what's next for Origin, and when can fans expect the follow-up to Omnipresent? Well, we'll be uh, we're definitely working on new stuff. We're ready to go. We actually just today got an offer for a tour in, uh, in November, December that I think we're taking. It was like a last-second thing, but I don't know if I can really talk about it yet. I'm sure it'll come out eventually. So that takes a little time out of our writing process time, but I don't think we need it. We've had long enough. So we're going to spend the next couple months writing, ideally be in the studio either January or February, and then the usual run, have it out in spring, summer, do the whole bit, do you know, the same, same shit. <laughs> With new shit. The same shit with new shit. So, is, is the writing, composing process something you guys enjoy doing, or is it also kind of like you endure that to get through to the to the record? I mean, you get to an age in your life when everything is just enduring. Not just this or that. Just getting up in the morning. It's a fucking endurance challenge. But, uh, no, no, I mean, it's difficult for us because we live so far away from each other. Uh, Paul lives in California. I live in New York. John lives in New York City. And Mike lives in Kansas, so we don't accept, we don't get together and jam and shit like that like most bands do, which is a a luxury I didn't know I would have ever missed. <laughs> like I used to be like, ah, oh, it's fine, we don't jam, we don't have time to get sick of each other. But when it comes to writing an album, it probably helps. So is most of that writing, composing process, are you trading things online? Is that how it works? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, it's all in our process is you know paul the guitar player starts it off does the skeleton of it all and then pass it along to john and then me and paul or me and mike 
you know, last, get throwing the shit at the last second and have to fill in the blanks. So, but uh, it seems to work for us. That's how it worked with Omnipresent. I think that's how it's worked for them forever. So, I don't mind. Omnipresent's a great album. I encourage fans to purchase it. And so, before we let you go this evening, what are the best ways for fans to purchase music and merchandise from Origin? Well, if you want to support directly to the band, not going through, you know, not downloading or Amazon or eBay or whatever, Nuclear Blast Records is probably the best place to get the actual albums. There's some shirts and stuff on there, but mostly our IndieMerch.com store, IndieMerch.com slash Origin, has all the shirts. It's updated a lot. Uh, shorts, posters, flags, all that stuff. And we'll be putting new shit on there the minute we get home from this tour. So, IndieMerch.com slash Origin. It goes directly to us, so it's the best way if you wanted to support without coming to a show. But I would more recommend coming to a show and buying a shirt directly from me, who will probably be sitting at the merch table, because that is how I suffer and endure tour. <laughs> and having seen you guys live, I know it will be well worth their time to come out and see that, purchase that music and merchandise. Jason, really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Thank you very much. Always good to be here. It wasn't a debate again, but whatever. I'll get you next time. 